Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Sterner, play action, looking, pumps, throws down the middle, touchdown, Arkansas, oh my! Clint Sterner is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai of Conway. Sterner throws, pumps, Visit them in Conway today or check out ChrisCraneHyundai.com. Play fake, Sterner steps out of trouble. Wow. Oh. Wide open receiver, it's Cobb. Towards the end zone, touchdown. All right, let's bring him in. Clint, at least the Texans won. How are you? Man, I'm uh, I'm I'm doing all right. I got uh, look. It was so bad in Fayetteville that it's it, there's, there's no really no reason to uh, to get your dauber down about it, lose any sleep over it. It, it was it was so bad that uh, there are no answers. And then you turn around, and I, I got a uh, I, I got uh, an unbelievable game here once again, in, in uh, with these Texans, man. So uh, I'm doing all right, I suppose. Yeah, that's the upside. Hey, give me uh, before we dive into the Arkansas issues. Give me the take on Jimbo. Did you anticipate it would happen and happen now? And now, uh, I guess, initial thoughts on where they go from here. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I, I thought it could happen any, any, at any moment. Um, to be honest with you, I, I, I think it's probably a year too late. I mean, it, it, to be completely honest, I mean, you got guys smoking weed in the locker room after a game. Uh, you got your, your, your leaders that are supposed to be going to SEC media days getting pulled over with guns and, and weed and, and, and uh, apparently – under the influence, I mean, you, you've got – I think it's a bigger issue at A&M from the standpoint of just culture. They've got talent. Um, like I said before, Bobby Petrino's a proven offensive mind. I mean, they've got the ingredients there to win. The culture, I believe, is, is just as as bad as, as you can – as it can be uh, for a college program. And, and that's – look, it's hard uh, right now in college with these kids making money, with you having to kind of bend over backwards for these kids in a different way than you had to back in the day. So, I, it, it's difficult. but. A&M is, I think it's more of a culture issue than anything. So I, I'm surprised that they, they, uh, they waited this long to make the move. I, I thought, I thought Ross York, the, the, uh, the AD, I thought he did a tremendous job laying out the why, um, why now, why, why make the move, why do it so early, what the next process is going to look like, how he talked to the players and the staff. And, um, I, I thought it all made perfect sense, man. So I'm not shocked at all that they, that they made a move. Um, I think I think Elko out of Duke, the, the former defensive coordinator there, is a real possibility. Um, I think he's a head coach at Duke right now. He was the, the defensive coordinator at A&M uh, last year with Jimbo. Um, the last couple of years he's been at Duke and done really well. I, I really think Dan Campbell, the, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, there's a real possibility that if he if he does, if he ever wanted to go to college, wanted to go into the college ranks, now would be the time to, to strike while the iron's hot and do it at his alma mater about, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how far it is from uh, from where he was raised to, to College Station, but it's no more than an hour back home where his family's at. So um, I, I think I think he's an outsider. He's a long shot, and I think Elko is probably the, the, the leading candidate. Were you surprised with uh, the naming of the interim head coach? I, I thought it was going to be, it would be Petrino since he had experience. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't know from a personal standpoint, you know, who, who, uh, the guys personally, other than Petrino, but, but I would imagine that that move was made more 
to hang on to recruits and to hang on to the current roster from a relationship standpoint. And, and if anybody knows that Bobby Petrino doesn't have the warm and fuzzy relationships necessary to, to do that, we know it. I mean, at the very least. I mean, you're right. The, the head coach experience, sure, but, but I, I think that move was more about over the next, let's call it a month or maybe even more, like what, what, can, what can they do to keep these recruits in, in, the, in the basket, so to speak, and keep, and, and as we all know now, you've got to recruit your current roster as well. Keep your, your, you know, your young guys, how do you keep them on your roster and keep them from jumping ship in this first transfer window that's coming up? I mean, that's, I would imagine that that move was made more for that reason than, than head coach experience. You know, I, I love the thought of Dan Campbell coming back home. I think he's a great coach. I, he'd be great at A&M. But the, the issue is it, it is recruiting. Campbell wouldn't be able to come to A&M until probably late January because of the football season and the, the success the, the Lions are having. And they'll be in the playoffs. Who knows when he could finally be the head coach at, at Texas A&M. How would you work around that? Well, I, I, it would be very easy for me. Um, I, I would call Dan, and if he's interested, uh, if he was willing to commit behind closed doors, then I would wait. Um, you know, I, I would I would wait and and uh, and, and take the risk. Uh, this is a long term play for A and M. They got to get this one right. And when you look at what Dan Campbell's done in Detroit, um, that's a place where where some of the best coaches have gone and 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 careers have fizzled or took a major hit. And he's got them rocking and rolling, man. So um, and he's got he's got uh, the background, the offensive background, obviously as a tight end, but the offensive background with Sean Payton and now his offensive coordinator Ben Johnson at Detroit is tremendous. Um, so I, I would wait for that guy right there. I would wait. Now he would have to convince me that hey, I, I want to get in the college game. I want to I want to co- commit to recruiting. Um, you know, I, I want to do all the things that that a, the college game requires of a head coach. He would have to convince me of that. But if he were in, I would wait until uh, the, they they were they were knocked out of the playoffs or they won a Super Bowl. Because you, look, you're talking about yeah, there's a little bit of a risk there, but. Um, Boy, you talk about getting a coach that made a deep run in the playoffs with the Detroit Lions, rebuilt that organization, and potentially made a made a NFC championship or even a Super Bowl with that squad with Detroit. Yeah, I would wait on that punch if it were me, if I was Daniel. But, sir, join us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. We've been talking about Sam Pittman today. Can you see a scenario where, with the two other coaches being fired in the SEC this week, that he keeps his job? Where he keeps his job? No, I I can't see where where Sam Pittman Sam Pittman keeps his job at this point in time. I think you know I, again I revert back to what uh, the AD at A and M had to say about Jimbo Fisher, and I I think one thing as he was talking, of course I relate everything back to the University of Arkansas, and, and as I was listening to to his spiel, um, you know the 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 emphasis that he put on on the program going in the wrong direction is all I needed to hear. Now he had he had some great context which i think applies to arkansas as well um around a&m but but i i think that's the biggest key here i mean i think sam Pittman's lost the locker room uh i i, I think sam Pittman is out of answers um i i think it at the end of the day um you know you've got your leaders in the locker room that that either can't wait to get out the door or have just completely thrown in the towel you got players which i i, I tweeted this i i don't i don't like um, seeing players, just generally speaking, in the NFL, I've seen it a lot around here with the Texans over the last couple of years. When you're putting just a, a, an awful product on the field, if you're not embarrassed, if you're not in fear of losing your job, if you're not, um, I mean, just just angry, frustrated to the point of where, hey, man, that handshake or 
or, or that hug or, or that meeting at midfield, man, that can wait. I got to get in this locker room and, and, and figure out what the hell's going on with my squad uh, or with my play personally. Um, that, that generally speaking bothers me just regardless of who it is. Um, you know, I, I saw on the TV copy multiple guys, uh, including leaders on the team that were, I mean, all smiles, laughing, high-fiving, at, 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 uh, hugging at, at midfield. Um, I listened to DJ Williams' little podcast deal that, that uh, him and Josh Strong got going on, and DJ mentioned where he saw several offensive linemen doing the same thing. I mean, it's just that that you've lost it. Like you, the, the program is, is going in the wrong direction in a major, major way, and guys don't seem to care anymore. And, and that's um, to me, that's the, the, all the sign that I would need. Very curious about what the crowd looks like this weekend. 20. How about your voice? I hope it looks better than your voice sounds, baby. Big, big, big win in Conway, huh? Yeah, buddy. It was, uh, I lost my mind a little bit, Clinton. I lost my voice in the process. So it's <laughs> the way it goes sometimes. Hell buddy. yeah, baby. It's fun, ain't it? Yeah, I, I usually only like to lose my voice from a hard weekend with the boys out of town, but uh, that's not what happened this week. But, yeah, um, what about uh, the rest of the league, I guess? Give me some thoughts on what else happened this weekend. We had Georgia running rough shot over Ole Miss, as I expected, and I uh, did not see Missouri blowing Tennessee out the way they did. That was impressive. Yeah, look, the, the Missouri blowout of Tennessee was impressive. The Auburn blowout of, of Arkansas was was uh, was impressive. Um, you know, LSU and, and Florida, obviously, once again, I will, uh, it is crow that I will eat. Jaden Daniels is, is uh, got, he's got to be the, the front runner, uh, for the Heisman right now. I know in these parts of the, these neck of the woods, he's getting, he's getting most of the run, um, with some other guys falling off. So I was completely wrong there. He goes out there and absolutely lights it up once again. And then, uh, Jalen Milrow, another guy that I've had, I've had doubts on consistently. We talked about it last week on our show here in Houston, Jalen Milrow, uh, at Alabama, I'm not convinced that he can sit in the pocket and win games from the pocket, but whether well, the deep ball and the athletic ability sure is a lethal combination right now for for uh, the, the the Crimson Tide. You know, I mean, I, it's one thing about I think Nick Saban that has been that has been highly underrated. I mean, defensive minded head coach has gone out there cr- created his own offensive system that he forces play callers at and, and use his system so his guys don't have to learn a new system year in, year out. His program's not dependent on being able to retain an offensive coordinator or not. And somehow, with that said, that alone is, is unbelievable that he's been able to do it. But with that said, he's been able to go from the old school run dominant um, with the with the, uh, the, the, the McElroys and all those guys win titles with that guy, the, the pro style, just, just be a distributor to the dual threat guys that he had that, that, that won games at a high level, to the, the Tua's and the Mac Jones, who were just high-level processors, to now all of a sudden he's back to a, a true dual threat athlete that struggles in the intermediate pass game but can throw the big ball and, and, and is, is electric with his feet, and he's winning again. He's developing that guy again. So, um, that, that to me, that's the, the two headliners are, are Daniels and, and, uh, and Milrow, those two quarterbacks and how they've developed and, and where they're at right now. While we're talking about quarterbacks, I want to hit on C.J. Stroud because I was watching that game yesterday, and he made one of the uh, worst decisions you can make as a quarterback late in that game, and I thought it was going to cost them. But then to give him credit, he bounced back and brings them back down the field, and they find a way to win a game that they should have won, but they lost it and came back and won it anyway. It was crazy. Wes, it's It's absolutely nuts what this kid's able to do, man. I mean, yeah, that, that was a, a poor decision. Um, he got a little, I mean, I know it was just a crossing route and he got, but he got mentally, he got a little aggressive right there trying to do too much with flaring that ball over that defensive 
that defensive back that was undercutting that crossing route, and, and it, it bit him, right? And, and he had a couple of moments like that late in the ball game. He threw a go route on third and one, which was which is ill-advised, low percentage on third and one. Um, so he, he's going he's gonna to learn from that. But what this kid continues to do, and, and what I think is, is nationally kind of going on flying under the radar, we've talked about it on this show before with you guys, is if you watch him play, he's not he's – not, right now I think he's leading the league in, in yards per game passing. And he's not, he doesn't have a 50-50 ball guy that turns it into an 80-20. He doesn't have a, a, a burner that's running go routes and deep posts over the top. He doesn't have a receiver on this staff that, that commands a bunch of attention like a Jamar Chase or a Jefferson or back in the day the Odell Beckham Juniors or the Terrell Owens in the Cowboy days. You know, you, you, he doesn't have those guys. And so what him and Bobby Slowick are doing, Bobby Slowick's the offensive coordinator, what they're doing – statistically is, is tremendous. It's unbelievable. Some of the things have never been done before by a rookie. But if you watch the game, the the level of difficulty that, that goes into how these guys are stockpiling these stats, it's hard to believe what they're doing week in, week out. I mean, they took Noah Brown. Noah Brown had a had 170-something yards this week, 150-something yards last week. Um, and, again, this guy's – I mean, he's catching the ball with five, ten yards of separation. I mean, it's it's tremendous what uh, what Bobby Slowick and and uh, C.J. Stroud have been able to do, and C.J. Stroud is um, again doing things that we've never seen a rookie do. Clint, I want to talk about some other things, but we have to go to the break, and so we will talk about it on Friday. Let me ask you this: make a make a prediction. When we talk to you on Friday, will Sam Pittman be the head coach at the University of Arkansas? No, I, I think no, I think it's I think it's all but done. I mean, I, I think the I think the way this thing's rolling, um, Justin, it's it, you're crazy if you wait until the end of the year, if you wait beyond some of these transfer windows. And I don't know the exact dates, but the sooner you get a jump on, on making a move, um, you know, the, the better. I, I, don't, I don't think Sam lasts a week, no. Okay. Should, we'll see. Enjoy I was going to ask, should the boys. move already have been done? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Well, again, I mean, Mississippi State and A&M are making big-time moves, and you don't want to get in line behind a couple of more if more schools make the move. So, um, yeah, I, I think they, they, they should have already they should have already done it, and, and um, I don't think he makes the week. Okay, Clint, thanks. We'll talk Friday. All right, boys, y'all be good.